911, what's the nature of your emergency? Welcome to Tactical Living. I'm your host, Clint Walton. Ashley's actually out of the room today. I'm here with Dr. John Schinnerer, and this is going to be the man's man's conversation today. And, and so that's why Ashley wanted to kind of step away and, and let us be really open about what it is that we're going to discuss. So, John, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Clint. Thanks for having me. Uh, the pleasure is all mine. So, Tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh boy, let's see. Um, you know, so if I'm going way back, so I started out um, kind of trying to do everything that the adults around me told me I needed to do to be successful. So as a senior in high school, I was student body president. I was captain of three varsity teams. I was taking AP courses. And I'm sure from the outside, it looked great, right? Like, oh wow, he's doing so much. He's so successful. But on the inside, my experience was, you know, I was exhausted. I was anxious some of the time. I was depressed some of the time. I was, I just wasn't feeling it. You know, I was kind of miserable. Um, and so it started me questioning this idea of success at the age of 17. And, you know, it, it worked. It got me into a good college. Um, majored in philosophy, which, you know, I'm not sure prepared me to do anything until 20 years later when I got into positive psychology, but eventually I got into a PhD program in Cal in psychology. And what I really wanted to do was focus on emotion because I knew that the, the dumbest, most embarrassing, most shameful shit that I've done in my life all took place when my emotional mind was in charge of me, right? Like when I was angry, when I was bored, when I was excited, when I was anxious. So I really wanted to get a handle on that because I was a pretty good thinker. I just was kind of an emotional idiot, if you know what I mean. So uh, I got the PhD, I became a school psychologist. Um, and, and one of the things they don't tell you is that emotions are contagious. So if you're not aware, you can pick up emotions from other people. So, you know, I'm working in a high school, I got students coming in, they're sharing their stories with me and their stories are legitimately filled with fear, anger, sadness, guilt, shame. And I just started picking this stuff up without any awareness really. And it led to me getting depressed. And when you get depressed, inflammation in your body goes up. So, you know, my, my problem that comes up is low back. So my low back starts killing me. And I remember, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like, this doesn't make any sense. You know, here I am a psych trained at Cal and I can't manage my own emotions. So if I can't manage them, how can I teach them to? So at that point, I made a conscious decision to just look for the best scientifically proven tools to manage that darker side of things, fear, anger, sadness, anxiety, doubt, that kind of stuff. And it worked. It was, it was sort of half the equation. Um, fast forward, I had an entrepreneurial venture, which did well for a few years and then crashed and burned when the, the economy tanked. Um, so, you know, had another depression then kind of felt like a failure as a, as a man, because we get so much of our identity from what we do, our, you know, our profession, um, so I had to reinvent myself. So I got into positive psychology at that point, which is largely about the scientific study of happiness, um, meaning, purpose, positive emotions, that sort of thing. And that to me was like manna from heaven. I really needed it. And so I started writing a book and I kind of compulsively wrote about 600 pages of how to coach people towards a happy and successful life. 
And then I went to a Christian businessman's networking breakfast in San Francisco, which kind of a weird place for me because I'm, I consider myself spiritual, but not religious necessarily. That's just kind of my, my bent. Mm-hmm. Um, but happened to sit next to a guy who owned a radio station. We met a few times. He said, Hey John, I want to put you on the radio. And I thought, Oh shit. Because part of my makeup, you know, I, I'm a little bit depressive. Part of it is I got a little anxiety to me. And the idea of this scared the crap out of me, honestly, like this was a radio signal that reaches 10 million people. Now, I don't know how many are actually listening, but in my mind, I'm thinking 10 million. And this was a live daily primetime radio show. So in the beginning, I was awful. Like I couldn't tell a story. I couldn't tell a joke. I couldn't emote. And over time, I gradually got better and better and then got to interview some world-class experts, which I love because then I get to uh, I stopped that after a year, opened up private practice. And, you know, I, I opened private practice with a positive psychology emphasis, which is funny because this was about, I don't know, 15 years ago. And the response was kind of lukewarm. And, you know, the lesson I got was people come in for points of pain, not really points of pleasure. So people come in for depression, anxiety, stress, that kind of thing. Not, I want to be happier. So I was like, okay, so a psychiatrist friend of mine said, well, we need someone in the Valley to do anger management. I was like, well, hell, I can do that. Like I'll combine anger management with positive psychology. So one of the things, so positive, the practice started picking up at that point, but I realized that my business model stinks. So I need to work an hour to get paid an hour, which I don't like Mm -hmm. because I want to make money when I'm on vacation or if I'm sick. Mm -hmm. So I took a class years ago on how to create like online courses. So I thought, okay, I can do that. I'll make a course on anger management. And the people advising me said, find a niche. So I was like, okay, anger management for men. There's got to be millions of men out there that need these tools that aren't brave enough to come in and see me or don't have the financial resources or aren't nearby. So I made this 15 hour course. I throw it up online. A couple things happened that were interesting. One, I started getting emails from angry women all around the world. And they're like, hey, buddy, we're pissed off too. What about us? And I was like, okay, I didn't know. Like, it's not personal. It's not about you. They just told me to find a niche. So I changed it and made it gender neutral. Um, the other thing that was pretty crazy is I got an email. It said, dear Dr. Schinner, been in prison for 27 years, uh, been addicted to meth and PCP for as long no longer wish to be the man I once was, um, turned my life around six years ago, and thanks for the free anger management classes. And then he signed it because I would offer some free classes and then upsell. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who this guy is. So it's a Friday morning. So I, I fire an email off to him, hey, good job turning your life around, keep up the good work, be an inspiration to others. I see a client, I come back to check email. There's a response within an hour. And I'm like, who has email access in prison? And he says, dear John, this isn't my real name. My handlers won't let me use my real name. Check out the books, The Black Hand and Urban Street Terrorism. That's me. Once you do a little research, I'm sure you'll understand why I can't use my real name. So now I'm curious. I'm like, wow, this guy's good. Mm-hmm. And checking out the book, The Black Hand, it's about Renee Boxer Enriquez, who Turns out was one of the top five in the Mexican mafia, which is a prison gang or started out as a prison gang in LA and 
now it's an international crime syndicate, thanks to his work. And they, about 150,000 gang members pay homage to Mexican mafia. You might be familiar with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, I got to work with him for a while. So that was kind of interesting. Um, and then the other thing that was kind of crazy is I got this call um, and it was a executive assistant and she said, Hey, can you talk to a producer here at Pixar? Yeah, sure. And this guy gets on the phone. He says, Hey, this is Jonas Rivera. Uh, maybe you've heard of, or I, I direct this, or I produced this film called up. Maybe you've heard of it. I'm like, yeah, I, I have heard of it. I have four kids. I think I own it. I was trying to be cool because I knew Dan yeah. and I owned it, right? But he's <laughs> like, oh, good. Well, me and Pete Doctor, Pete directed up. We're working on a film and we're wondering if you'd come down and kick some ideas around and brainstorm with us. And I was like, huh. <laughs> yeah, I think I can fit that in my calendar. <laughs> and, and so I got to go down and consult with them on Inside Out, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty fun. And so now what I do is, is coaching and I coach men and it's interesting because I, as I said, I started out with positive psychology, went to anger management, kind of got tired of working with angry adolescents and angry men. Um, and so I switched to more businessmen and executives. And what I quickly realized is that a lot of these guys were highly successful um, at work. And, you know, some of them were worth hundreds of millions of dollars, but they were, you know, they, they had this value of, I'm going to be the provider for the family, which is a great value, right? Mm-hmm. But somewhere over 20 or 30 years, that value gets distorted a little bit, I think. And I, I think we can lose ourselves in our competitiveness and in trying to be better and trying to earn more money and trying to riot, you know, rise through the hierarchy. And we, we forget about the family at home or we spend too much time away from home in that pursuit. And so then, you know, our wives and our children get angry and resentful and irritated. So while they're successful at work, they're unhappy at home. So I I shifted a little bit to teaching relationship skills to these men to make them better in relationship, which works both at work and at home. But then it, it kind of led to this more recent work in masculinity for me, which has been just fascinating. So that, that's kind of the, the career arc, I guess, the, the long answer to a short question. Mm-hmm. No, I absolutely love it. And, and hearing that story leading up to the point where you're at now, <clears throat> seeing this shift of starting out with just a typical psychology degree that you're going out and, and trying to do, you're trading your hour for money. That mm-hmm. pretty much that's what you were doing and now transitioning it into helping thousands of people at one time. That, that's just so amazing. Well, now, and that's always been my goal. Pardon me. I mean, like my goal, even when I was at Cal was mine, I, I always felt less than at Cal. Like, you know, that was when I had my first panic attack because I just felt mm-hmm. I don't belong here. I'm not smart enough, but my goal has always been to reduce really complex ideas to words that all of us can understand because a lot of these ideas are really powerful, but I realized that they were just trapped in the ivory tower and they weren't getting out to a broader audience. So that's mm-hmm. always been my goal. And, you know, uh, I forgot to mention that I have this po- the podcast called the evolved caveman, mm-hmm. which is really to get those ideas out there in a broad way. Mm-hmm. So in saying that, if you could answer this one question before we break, and we 
we tie you back in and the next time we speak, we're going to really dig deep on what the evolved caveman is all about and okay. how you can incorporate this masculinity that we all think we have, but we don't know our own masculinity mm-hmm. yet. What is the, the defining moment where you said, you know what? I want to start focusing on masculinity in general. general. Boy, that's a tough one. Um, I, I think I started doing more, more and more research into why are we the way we are as men, particularly in the U.S. And I, I came across this idea from Paul Kivel, who was doing work in Oakland, California back in the 90s. And he started asking uh, middle school and high school boys, what does it mean to be a man? And there was a lot of commonalities in the answers, you know, it was to be a provider, to be strong, to be dominant, to be aggressive, to not back down, to not ask for help, um, to be self-reliant, to dominate women, and to, oh, to not feel, which is a big one. And he, he came up with this idea of the man box culture that we are socialized as men in a particular way, that we're raised to believe these ideas. And when we, when we deviate from these ideas, when we show too much sadness or fear, for example, and, and you might know this being a, a policeman, that we will get slapped, we'll get verbally insulted, something like stop being such a pussy. You'll be judged. Uh-huh. And then if we show too much joy, love, excitement, you get something like, dude, stop being so gay. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's all sorts of insults that we get. And we men are policing ourselves, right? I mean, you know, I didn't get it from my dad. I got it from friends and coaches growing up. But if you're at all smart and sensitive, you learn really quickly, holy shit, I'm not doing that again. Because when I do that, I get embarrassed and humiliated. And so we jump back into the man box. And what we're left with emotionally is, well, I mean, the, the emotions that we can publicly display without fear of humiliation are lust. She's so hot, I'd do her. Mm-hmm. Um, stress. Because when I say, oh my God, I'm so stressed, it implies how like busy, powerful, important I am. Or anger, some degree of anger, frustration, irritability, annoyance. And everything as a result seems to get channeled for men through that anger lens. And, and so to me, it's largely, how do we kind of look at the idea of masculinity with the, the goal of what is it with that traditional masculinity that we want to hold on to? What serves us? And what is it we would like to add to it in order to be better, to be happier, to be more satisfied in our relationships? I absolutely love that. That's so awesome. And, and as you, the listeners, sit there, I really want you to soak this in. Soak this information in and, and think about what is it for you right now? How do you react to situations? I want you to think about that and listen to our next episode with Dr. John Schinnerer. I will talk with you soon. Thanks so much for being here today. Absolutely.